Yeah, testing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have it. Sounds a little bit like Jim Carrey then. Uh, listeners, we have a slightly new uh, type of episode today. Consider this like a off-brand knockoff version of Vice. Uh, there was something I was interested in and I felt like it was worth a discussion because I think it relates to a few issues that we as a society face. So I thought it would be an interesting discussion to have. And I'm joined today by Jane. Not a real name, but Jane. Yeah, how's it going, mate? Mm. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Jane. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, Drinking no uh, grape juice and water out of wine glasses. Yeah, I'm not going to do more dishes today. I just don't have it in me, babes. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I, I was not going to ask you to. That's nah, so good. Um, but uh, thank you for having us and thank you for doing this discussion. Yeah, no problem. Now, tell the people what line of work you were in or are in. Uh, I haven't been in it much the last few months just because I've been quite busy with other things and other jobs, like my Civ one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was a sex worker and still am a little bit going to get back into it when I'm less burnt out mm. in the line of prostitution. Prostitution. The classic, the oldest known job. Mm. It is the old world's <laughs> oldest known job. Now, can I ask a, a few things in regards to this? Um I was thinking of a lot of different questions to ask you today, mm-hmm. and I am wondering, I, I think there's a few misconceptions about sex work, certainly from my end, um, but uh, I was talking to someone recently who shall remain nameless, but he's under the conception that the sex trade, particularly in Australia, is controlled by the... Uh, Outlaw motorcycle gang. Yeah, I was going to say the bikies. Yeah. yeah, they do own a very large percentage of brothels in Perth. A lot of the massage parlors, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm. Um, personally, I've never worked in... I've been independent for most of my sex work career. I did try a brothel for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just in the middle, just to see what it was like to compare them, to figure out if there's something I can take away from that to learn and keep in my own independent practices. Mm-hmm. Definitely prefer independent for myself. And I didn't work in one that was run by a bikey gang, but it wasn't in the city central area, which I know that's what the majority of those ones are. Right. Okay. We won't get you to name what brothel it is, you yes. know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to be taking a friend there for his birthday. I'll tell you afterwards then. Mm. I'm not a snitch, you know? Mm. At least not on at least not on radio. I've got friends and family discounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope you don't have family discounts. Yeah, no, that's the joke, I promise, mm. I promise. Some people don't pick it up when I say it, and then I feel like I have to repeat it to confirm I'm not doing that. <laughs> Like, okay, but did you get the joke? Yeah. The joke is I don't, that, no, 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 no. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing too is, is like, I don't know, understand why the bikies would want control over something. And you might not be able to say this because you might not know, but if you do, or you can enlighten us any on it, um, how much, how much control do the bikies have over the sex trade in Australia and Perth? Because it doesn't seem like they, it's it's illegalized in Australia. You know, it is to certain extents. Right. We still have things we need to decriminalize around it. There's still a lot of other 
legal issues you can get into with that. So what do you think we should criminalise? Decriminalise, rather. <laughs> um, look, I'm not someone that's worked much in the outreach and actual peer parts of sex work. It's more my personal experiences, I know, so I also just forget which parts are legal and which aren't sometimes. I do the thing where I make sure I, like, put enough on my taxes and stuff that I can't get in trouble for it, but mm. it's very hard to get, like, a business number and stuff for it so that if they can't get you for it, they'll get you for tax evasion and stuff on it instead. Right. And then they'll try to get you done that way. Um, a lot of banks, if you try to put in the money, you have to lie. You have to have a fake thing because if you put in a certain amount of money all at once, they're allowed to ask you what it's for. If it's for something that's too unsavory that they think might be illegal, they'll just freeze your account. Really? I've, I know other workers who've had that happen to them. Mm. Personally, I've been... I'm more of a cash hoarder and I just only use cash basically mm. in my day-to-day -day spendings. So That's it's not too convenient. much of a problem. Mm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But so, but in terms of from, from what I've understood and from my own research in preparation for this episode, um, the main thing where there seems to be a somewhat disagreeable part on it, or I, I, I'm not sure entirely the extent to which it goes but the main thing is is that prostitution needs to be done on a premises it can't you 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 can't street walk um is this right yes um yeah i mean if it's street walking and stuff it becomes quite dangerous line between that and public indecency you know when mm. it comes to that sort of stuff also you could accidentally solicit in front of like minors and things like that like it's just not good in that sense but i know some people aren't able to work in brothels especially people that are trans it's you won't be accepted you won't be given a job there really yeah there is not a single brothel in west australia that has trans workers as far as i'm aware of but they won't allow them to work there yeah the brothel like madams and stuff won't let you work there because they know the men supposedly won't want it because the, they just expect that it's harder to come by. So every trans worker I know does it independently. Mm. That seems like... I mean, if it doesn't cost anything to put a worker on, why mm. not have the option to have it there? I think Is it they just, just backwards don't wanna, thinking? I think they just don't want to risk it because they have a lot of, you know, very blokey straight men that come in and they'll be like disgusted by the implication because they'll feel like it, they'd be gay for doing it and then other people see it as such a fetish and such a niche when they do that they just yeah. i think uh, i think you should you're entering a brothel i think mm -hmm. you can leave the yeah. bulk of your moral compass at the door yeah you reckon you like, really reckon you know have have a few standards when you go in mm. there sure but it feels like you've already entered a brothel you've mm. you've uh You've you've checked a certain level of uh, I don't want to say morality because I don't think there's anything wrong with sex work, but I think you've open mindedness. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. You know, so that seems that seems a little bit like a double whammy to me. Yeah, and yeah. I think one other thing is a lot of brothels because of you know bigotry and stuff like that. They don't want to be known as the first one to have one in there. Because then, have one, yeah, one of those bloodies, no. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think they don't want to be associated with it because they want to have their shitty little images that they're all fancy little, tiny, petite, little, lively little straight girls. Mm. 
Well, you know, fucking the if there's one thing I've realised in you know my time on this world is is that a bunch of people have a bunch of different flavours that you would not expect. Oh, absolutely. You know, so uh, it's it seems a little bit like I I, I don't. It see it, it seems like you're already in the business of sex work. Mm-hmm. It seems like you would want people to be less judgy to begin with, yet you're automatically setting up a situation where um, you're being judgmental. No, it's a as lot. The, as the madame, a lot of it is internalized. Yeah. Like the madame at the place I worked, she was in like her late sixties, but she used to be on the floor, like as a actual worker in the brothels when she was younger. Mm. And she has all these preconceived notions of how it was when she was doing it in her, you know, late 20s. So, obviously, things still work the exact same way. She really liked me, so she would share her opinions with me openly. And I'd be like, please don't say that to me because you're talking about the ones that I am friends with. Mm. And I am going to snitch on you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not have allusions to you. <laughs> yeah. Well... You know what? Every industry, and I've worked in uh, FIFO, I've worked in, uh, and now I'm working in stand-up comedy, and now I've worked in hospitality. Very happy to say that the my hospital experience so far has been nothing but a good one, but Mm -hmm. it's still been very short-lived. But you know, last Saturday night, I did make thirty dollars in tips, and I got a uninvited grope on the cock. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. That's always. Not fun. Look, it wasn't the most pleasant thing in the world, but you know what? I flirt with that customer continuously in order to get tips Mm. and um, other unnamed benefits. Um, (laughs) We don't need to go into that. No, Um, it's fine. mm, But uh, as well as that, like, the funny thing about... Another thing I wanted to ask about sex work is it seems like... Obviously, you financially, you know, sex workers need to be um, obviously monitored for standards and practices and things mm-hmm. like that. Any, any like, any field in Australia that where you're providing a s- goods or services needs to Absolutely. be, like, taxed. And then also it needs to have a certain amount of standards under mm-hmm. it. So, I've been led to believe that um, a lot of sex workers get tested. Um, On a regular basis. Yes. Yes. Um, It's recommended to do it at least every three months. Mm -hmm. I was making sure to do that. And I'm very lucky to have never caught anything Mm -hmm. that couldn't be done away with, like, one week of antibiotics. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was just once. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm not even a sex worker and it's been more than once. Yeah. Um, But... um, But, yeah, you always do health checks at the beginning of sessions. You always do everything with condoms. I've had... Obviously, I'm luckier to not be in the sort of situation where I am at risk of homelessness right now and that I am just desperate for clients because that's when people start doing stuff for a little extra cash to do it without the condom, like oral and stuff like that. And I know um, sometimes people will try to book me and then realize that I'm not going to do oral without a condom and then they'll get pissed and be like, oh, well, this girl did it cheaper and she did it without that. And I'm like, well, she probably good for her you know mm-hmm. everyone's different i'm not going to shame someone for why they did it or what amounts they did it for because obviously we're all at different places and what we feel we're comfortable doing for what amount right right but that definitely comes up with like 
health practices and stuff. Obviously, I wouldn't encourage it, but, you know, I'm not going to just stand there and make her life worse by judging her and just not giving her the help they need, you know? Mm. We do have outreach places like Magenta in Perth, which is like a government-funded sex work clinic. So you can always get free testing there if you're a sex worker under your sex work name so it doesn't go through the government and through your real name so it's not on any files for them, which is really safe. And they do, like, very thorough testings and everything can give you actual outreach help. Hmm. So another thing I've been led to believe is is that now they I've asked someone about this and they reckon they re- that their estimate was a third. Um, their estimate was a third that a about a third of sex workers um, hook themselves on certain type of drugs, whether it be opioids for numbing and things like that, or amphetamines for energy. To- and what was their experience? Were they a sex worker? They were. Okay. Now, but they hadn't done it in a while. Okay. So they hadn't done it for like, uh, I think it was 12 years or something. Okay. So they said like, at, they said back when they were doing it, it was at that level. Okay. Um, now, would you say that's still a commonplace thing? No. No? I think I've been doing this for a couple of years now, obviously, different times and we'd probably be in different experiences and stuff. I, you know, I've worked independent, I've worked brothels, I've worked with other girls and stuff. I've maybe met three or four the entire time in the last three years. Who were on drugs. Yeah, as in on anything like opioids or methamphetamines, anything hard like that. Yeah. Like weed, yeah, but... I don't count. Yeah, I was like, exactly, I was like, anything harder than weed... During work, no, I don't think I've really met many. Hmm. Like, genuinely, I can't think of more than three. Well, I suppose, for me, I was like, um, another person, when I ran that number by, I ran that number by another Mm -hmm. person who, that person just kind of helps me with questions, but I also take everything, all their opinions with a grain of salt, because they have uh, that person who I ask opinions for on what uh, what are good questions to ask, they have come with some very biased opinions. Now, biased opinions actually aren't necessarily bad to listen to, provided you know that they're biased. Yeah, as long as you can just listen exactly. to them and be like, well, that's stupid and here's why. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, it's fine, I get that. You know, um, he comes with other good advice, but sometimes <laughs> he gets things wrong. But um, I was just... Because to me, it didn't make sense personally. Yeah. Because in an industry where it's legalised... No one's, you know, telling you what hours you need to work yes. unless you're working for a brothel. If you work independently, you work how much you work, you see what clients exactly. you want to see. Exactly. It seems like, no, nah, I'm done for the day. You don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. That seems like pretty much the be all and end all. So it, it doesn't seem lucrative to, like, need to be on drugs for, yeah. for that purpose. Look, I've definitely had out calls where I've gone to their place and stuff and they've tried to make me do try different drugs and stuff but it's that's just something i would not risk i know other girls who have accidentally been roofied that way where they've just had the drug put in their drink and stuff Mm. i'm so very lucky that's not happened to me i just generally avoid that by bringing my own water bottle or whatever Mm. unless i can see it's a sealed can of something i'm not yeah, touching or it. fresh from the tap or something yeah exactly like mm. if i don't see you make it and i don't chug it all in one go so you can't put something in it i'm not touching it yeah right yeah but if honestly i get that that's 
not always the way because when it's like 5 a.m. and you're exhausted, you don't always think that much. Hmm. So it's not uncommon, but it's still something that it luckily doesn't happen that often. Hmm. And I went on a tangent and I don't remember the original question. Uh, no, no. <laughs> You, you you kind of didn't really go on a tangent. You kind of answered my question perfectly. Stunning. I was like, I don't know if anything I just said was relevant. Mm. No, it uh, <laughs> it made more or less sense. But sick. do you? My argument for like, and I've had this debate with someone who's fiercely opposed to both the legalization or at least the decriminalization of drugs mm. and the decriminalization of sex work mm-hmm. in terms of yeah le- legalizing them. The thing, because this person I talked to is just like, just lock up the dealers, lock up such and such, lock up the pimps. And it's like, no, so long as there is a demand, there will always be a supply. I was like, honestly, with less of that available, the more awful things are going to happen. Yeah. Like, this is not, no one's going to want to have sex. No one's going to want these services. It means they're going to go out and get them in ways that are less savory. Yeah. And less safe. Yeah. It's all, yeah, like, people don't, people don't care where they get their, well, a lot of people don't. No, you know, yeah. Uh, look, the, the reality is, is I think, you know, probably at least 20 to 30% of uh, people, mm-hmm. like, uh, will, in Australia, will probably try drugs at some point. Like Absolutely. At my estimate. And that's, like, probably <laughs> a conservative estimate, you know. Mm. I reckon it could be, potentially be more. Mm. And then it's also, it's like, well... I've always said in my experience that, and people go through dark times where they do bad things. I think most people aren't necessarily bad, but they do sometimes do bad things when they're going through some shit. But it seems to me that the people who cause trouble uh, while on drugs or alcohol, Mm -hmm. generally they cause trouble while sober too. Oh, 100%. You know? Generally, like, because you meet so many chilled people who use drugs regularly. Mm -hmm. I know I have when you Mm. go to a nightclub or you go do such and such. You know, most of them are harmless. Yeah. But you do get people who obviously perk up. There's people that obviously should not be on them as often and to the extent that they are on them. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a... It's it's probably mostly to do with a psychological personality trait. Oh, 100%. You know? So... And then this relates back to sex work. Probably... Probably at least, I mean, you could probably give an even closer estimate, but probably at least uh, 10% of uh, men will come into contact with a sex worker, whether it be a uh, a stripper, mm-hmm. a prostitute, or a uh, or a performer of some sort. Yeah. Like, And I feel like that might be a conservative number. Would you say it's more or around about that? I think I've surrounded myself in a community of people that are either very open to it or do it so in my head I always think it's larger and then I meet other people's friend groups or my partner's friend groups and I'm like oh wow Mm. oh man you guys are still scared about the whole feet fetish jokes from years ago Mm. it it makes me realize that there probably is a larger percentage of people that haven't con- come in contact with, or at least knowingly come in contact with yes. a sex worker of some sorts. Yes. So, I'd, honestly, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like 10% sounds like a reasonable number. Yes. I mean, yeah. 
whether and, and that but that includes like sports strippers cam girls yeah yeah that, yeah no, that includes I... everyone um so with with escorts it's probably a little bit lower um mm. but probably not by a lot yeah you know maybe one or two percent mm. um and i'm just wondering as well though when we relate back to mm-hmm. like uh you know the troublemakers whether they be on drugs and alcohol mm. do you find it's uh usually the same thing do you find that like to to basically obviously not everyone can be at exemplary standards of respect not mm. everyone has the same standards of respect yes. if you broke it down into how many people that you worked with as clients who their behavior was acceptable their respect level was acceptable and then you break it to people who had exemplary respect and behavior. Mm-hmm. And then you broke it down into people who were just like, no, nah, I'd never see you again. Don't contact me, yeah. yada, yada, yada. What is like, what would you say is that percentage? Uh, look, I, I think a good thing about independent is you get to call your own shots in that sense. And you can usually tell just via the text message they're giving you hmm. whether or not it's worth seeing you. We also have our own little secret groups in which we can share contact information of numbers and people of clients that we don't think anyone should see for safety. Right. So that's something that helps. I'm mm. going to keep that as vague as possible for preserving those. Of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But yeah, it's, I think it's very easy, even with the worst of clients to, I guess manipulate them is the yeah. best way to use it. You're, it's mm. very, very easy because the ones that don't respect you, they just think you're a dirty whore, little slut hooker. Mm. So they don't, they don't consider for the fact that you have a brain and can tell what they're trying to do or how they think of you. And then you can easily get them to like leave a session early. You can get them to just basically do whatever you want as long as you just keep pulling a dumb face. Mm which was something I did enjoy with brothels was there's like a three chance rule or if they tried to do something that I knew was illegal and they kept like trying to badger me to do it for them and like it seemed like they might get violent, which honestly has never happened because even in brothels we have a vetting process. Mm. So I've never had to see someone that I felt too incredibly unsafe with there or even when I've worked independent, I've, there's always been someone else in the vicinity that – could hear me if I shouted their name. Mm. Like, even if it was just, like, the apartment over or something. Like, I've never been alone, alone, in a sense, with someone that I felt unsafe with. Mm. But, yeah, it's so great. You can just always... Yeah, sorry, to go back to the brothel thing, there was the three-thing rule, so if they did something wrong once or twice, by the third time you'd be like, okay, I'm telling reception, they'll come kick you out. Or if they ask something, you'd be like, oh, I don't really know if we're allowed to do that here. I can go ask the receptionist if it's okay. Mm. And then they'll immediately chicken out. They're like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm. It's great. Right. Right. So the main secret is play dumb. Play dumb. Um, mm. Play dumb consistently works. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't give you the respect you deserve, but... They're probably not doing that, even if they're saying it out loud. They're probably not thinking it. Well, I mean, when, talk, when, when you talk about the people, I find this in hospitality too, yeah. and you're know, okay. not comparing <laughs> it too. But the one thing you need to understand when obviously you want to be nice to good people Absolutely. you come across. You want them to have a good and pleasurable yeah. experience. Yeah, like whether that be in hospitality or sex work. Yeah. Then occasionally you get people who don't show the respect and, you know, can be cunty, and it's just like, 
well, I don't care about being disrespectful to you because yeah. I don't have to go home with you. No, I don't, you, you know, you're not my homework. I'm not taking you home with me. Exactly. I'm literally, I knock off, I forget about you. Yeah. You, know? you don't exist to me after you leave this room. Babes. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know, it's so that. that's, I think that's important to remember with. Oh, 100%. If I take it too far, yeah. I will just immediately start shutting them down. I'll yeah. start handing them their clothes. I mean, I primarily the last year or so have eased less like a bit more out of just full just penetration and doing more dominatrix work anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's been very easy to just be the powerful stand my ground thing. But Look, this is a professional degenerates podcast. Yeah. We're all about kinky shit here. Exactly. So, it's know. like, that's what I mainly cater to. That's my niche. Good on you. But yeah, subs are way more clingy. It's so much worse over text. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say they're more, uh, Clingy but respectful, would you say? Whiny. Whiny. Just so whiny. Like, mm. they want everything, but they also don't want to tell you what they want. Uh, ha, 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 ha. And right, they'll okay. be like, I've already seen you once, ma'am, and I'm so poor and giving you all my money. Can I have a discount? Oh, right, okay. It's just shit like that consistently. Mm. So it's there's pros and cons to it. I do enjoy the work, and it's because it's something I like in and out of the work life, so... Mm. I'm already adept at it. Right, okay. <laughs> right. So Yeah. Would what would you say is um if you now you know, I've come across uh I've been in a few industries um where if people if people told me like would you recommend I get into this, I'd say no. Mm. Like a few people have asked me like, would you get into FIFO? Mm. And I had one friend who picked my brain about it for a while. And I was like, do it, but put a time cap on it. Oh, absolutely. Any more than 10 years. Not sustainable. Well, any more than 10 years, it becomes too much of an addictive lifestyle. And 10 years is pushing it already. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm glad I got out when I did because Mm. it was just like, oh, I just felt like doing something different and that's what I'm doing. But would you say there's any of that like in sex work, put a time cap on it? Obviously... Some things, some people cling to things out of desperation because they have nothing else. Yes. And you meet that in FIFO too. I pro- you probably meet that in all lines of yeah, work. You really do. I mean, look, I've worked hospo and I still currently do as well. And I still think I've been, wor- I've worked in bars and stuff where I felt more exploited than sex work. Really? Oh, 100%. Just the underpay, the undermining, the over hours and everything. I've felt less exploited and disrespected in the majority of my bookings and in like one or two places I've worked. Not everywhere. I have, I enjoy where I am currently. I enjoy other places I've worked hospo, but there's absolutely places where I've had a worse advantage. time. Oh yeah. Mm. Especially when I started, I was like 18, 19 and I was heavily underpaid mm. working way too long hours, way too late hours. It was terrible. <laughs> well, it, you know, in regards to the hours that we work, it feels like, it feels like um, I was talking to someone recently about this where, like, you know, the cost for rent and everything mm. has gone up. Like, obviously, the price for gas is very difficult to put a cap on that. But it feels like the government should step in and immediately put a cap on, on rents. Oh, 100%. You know, it's just like... I mean, I saw an article recently that apparently they're thinking about it, but I don't know if that's going through. Or yeah, usually when the government <laughs> thinks about yeah, doing something. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's takes... going to be in maybe seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. 
which is incredible because it's like thinking about whether or not, you know, you should be trying to make your citizen's life a little bit easier (laughs) seems like... Yes, yes. 100%. And it's like, if we have more money, if the citizens have more money, it will get put back into the economy in other ways anyway. Mm. If we have more money, we've got more money for travel, more money for our businesses if we have one, more money to spend money. Like, the the money gets rolled back over. Whereas if it's, you know, if if it's just a landlord collecting rent, he's just going to invest into more of a yeah. I was like, a it's not trickle down economy. economy when only the one percent's getting the breaks. Exactly, <laughs> you know. So that feels incredibly short sighted from the government on my oh one hundred percent. See, it feels like rents should be lowered, but it feels like at the least what a good compromise is to put a ten year cap on mm. rent raising. Oh one hundred percent. You know, and just say government going to landlords and saying. Stop. No more raising for 10 years. Please, please no more. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, and, yeah, absolutely. And they had the same thing in, like, New York recently. Mm. Like, after the COVID thing, loads and loads of uh, landlords in New York. Mm. New York's got one of the toughest rental markets oh, in the world. Insane. And, um, you know, there was this piece on it and, like, that. it, it was almost comedic. This landlord was making like, uh, was saying it's like, I've lost such and such in <laughs> revenue. And it was like, so how much money were you making in rental revenue? And it was like, oh, I made $7 million. And it's mm-hmm. like, and that was after tax? And it was like, yeah. And it was like, and how much has it gone down? $2 million. And it's like, okay, so you're still making $5 million, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, I think you're doing okay, you know. So it's just like, where's where's the cap on it where it's like, sorry, but. You, you're being yeah. irresponsible with your service. Oh, 100%. You know, um, tradesmen, a lot of tradesmen get standards and practices written mm. on their um, on their trade. Yeah. Sex workers have standards. 100%. Hospitality venues have standards. Mm. It seems... <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it seems like uh, landlords have negligible to no standards. Oh, 100%. In terms of how they treat uh, the people they're providing a service to. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, I took over this lease and I'm still... I have no idea. I don't even know the landlord's name or number. I The real estate, I do not know what she looks like. Oof, let's not get started on property managers. I was like, I did not have gas for the first two months. Uh, freezing to death inside my house. <laughs> Cold showers? Oh, uh, no, it was the beginning of summer when I moved in. So it was the heat waves, but I didn't have, like, a microwave yet or anything. Uh-huh. And I couldn't use the stove. The only thing that worked was the oven. So if I wanted to eat... I had to turn on the oven in the middle of all our heat waves. Nice. Stunning. At least give me aircon if i got to deal with that. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Fuck me. Moving up in the world. i got a microwave now, though. Nice. Nice. That was just procrastination. I know. Mm. It's just procrastination. Like, I have the Mm. money. It's just being bothered to get on my fucking bike and go get shit. I know. Look, I'm a... I'm a stand-up comedian, and comedians are the biggest procrastinators in the world. Performers in general I know, I was like, you've met drag people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Performers in general seem like procrastinators. Uh We seem like 5% of the time, we are the most dedicated, Mm. hardworking people. 95% of the time. Passionate. Exactly. 95% (laughs) of the time, we like to live like homeless people. Yeah, I am scrounging on my hovel of a floor with all my 28 porcelain clown dolls, and I'm not touching anything until I have to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I get that. And I think it's... 
I can attribute that to a varying number of things. Yes. Obviously, we're creatures of the night, so, you know, we're nocturnal animals. Mm-hmm. So when the sun comes up, we don't like to go, go outdoors. Yes. Mm. That's mainly just me with hospo. Like, I find with sex work, you want the early morning clients. Yeah. They're lovely. It's usually just, like, either FIFO. You get a lot of younger FIFO people. That's, like, something I... I mean, I expect it, but not to the extent, I guess. Mm. I thought it'd be mainly old men, but... Fairly 50-50 in my experience. Well, I was in FIFO for a long, for a fair old time. Not as long as some people I know, but I was in FIFO mm. for a fair old yeah. time. Look, we're the horniest breed I in can the imagine. World. Yeah. Look, I don't think there is anyone as horny as FIFO workers. Maybe defense workers. I do and, think the mm. horny thing is half a mask, though, because more than once I've had, like, a FIFO client finish and just, like, say, like, <sighs> I really need a girlfriend. And it's mm. just... So heartbreaking at the same time, like, oh, buddy. Uh, to that man, <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think, uh, I think, I mean, look, partly I think um, it might result from a, a sense of loneliness, sure. Absolutely. But, but I think another part of it, probably, look, in, in my opinion, a more prevalent part yeah. is, um, is the fact that we, when you're in FIFO for a certain amount of time, you become conditioned to a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. which makes putting uh, emotional effort and emotional time into someone uh, very, very difficult. That's the exact same with sex work. Ex- yeah, there you go. Yeah. And the other thing too is when you put that work into someone, which I have, yeah. Um, and it backfires and it fails, mm. you kind of just go into this attitude of, well, I'm not doing that again, <laughs> you know? So you kind it's of just, hard. yeah, exactly. It's, it's really, like, you know, you really treat someone hard. with respect as a partner and yes. with consideration and then they're like, okay, no, I'm fucking you off. And it's like, <laughs> what did I do wrong? Well, technically nothing, you know, but it's like, you're away too much and it's like, well, yeah, it, it, it seems like an industry where it's like the one thing, and you could probably say this of sex work too, mm-hmm. is it's like, okay, if you're going to date someone in a certain line of work, understand how long they intend to pursue that line of work yes. for and understand some of the conditions that it comes with. If you can't mm-hmm. handle it from the start... Don't try to take it on board, but yeah. like, don't lead someone on with interest yes. for it's you know months and months and years yeah. and years on end because you know it's it's why you know FIFO workers have the highest suicide rate out of any mm. like industry in Australia, and you know m- most guys who commit suicide commit suicide very shortly after a breakup or divorce. Yeah. In my experience, you know, there's fucking nothing worse than hearing the call that oh. You know, your mum's going around to check on your grand- on your kids yeah. and her grandkids and it's like, your fucking wife has gone with the kids. And yeah. it's like, I've heard that. And then, yeah, I think I've been on site four times when there's been a suicide attempt and yeah, two of the guys to managed to, to go through with it. And I never knew any of them personally. That would have been pretty upsetting, but like... It's still yeah, rock you to your core. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> No one goes, everyone goes to work feeling shit the next day. Absolutely. You know? And I remember when there was a, and this is where like some minds seriously need to reflect on standards because the the quality and training has actually decreased because they've streamlined everything. Yeah, I was going to say they're very desperate to just 
Still tough people out there, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, if you if you train people better, they will. You can keep them for longer. No, yeah, I... you know, and it's like you need to train <laughs> a workforce because if only ten percent of the old boys know how to do everything, they can't explain and do the supervisor role for every single newbie, especially when they're not getting paid and compensated to do that. Exactly. So yes. it feels like mines should probably train someone a little bit more. One hundred percent. And. Then you get a better quality in worker. But as well as that, I remember one time, at, and I have no issue saying this, I will shit on that company. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Because this is not Fuck anything em. like, this is this is on record. And literally yeah. thousands of workers will testify yeah. to this. At Sino Iron Ore a few years ago, no, like a year ago. Damn. Yeah, Time like flies. a year ago, um, when I was still there, a guy, the... Uh, died unfortunately he mm. died as a result of a workplace fatality was he more fell of a negligence or no one knows because okay. it wasn't on camera and no one okay. was around but basically yeah. he fell from a significant height so, and died on transportation to the hospital shit i don't think it was it was investigated but it was never resolved okay so the mining company had to treat it as a suicide uh, or no they had to treat it as a workplace accident okay 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 because if he killed himself while on the job, yes, I think, or if it was deemed he was negligible, mm. um, then I don't think his family would have been liable to some compensations. But because they can't prove anything, yeah, they have to treat it as like we have to compensate the family. Good. Yeah, fucking good on a mine. Yeah. yeah, mining companies pocket more than enough. I know. Money. I was like, is the bare minimum at this point? Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. Fucking fuck that company. Yeah. Um. I went off a tangent. Though. Yeah, I was like, but, I don't um, remember the original last three questions. Mm, but um, it's a sleepy Monday. Do you, it, it is. <laughs> I'm recovering from my hospital weekend. <laughs> mm, same. Um, in regards to in regards to hospital working hospital as mm-hmm. a side gig, would you regard hospital as your main gig or your side gig, or would you? Re- how how does that dynamic work? Usually my side gig, but I feel like the last six months, just because I desperate hospital is for people and how when I'm not doing like dominatrix and sex work I'm very easily guilt-tripped into stuff so I just keep taking more shifts everywhere mm. <laughs> so I'm like hospital I don't regard it in the same way as my other work well I think I should because then I would have a better boundary and life balance <laughs> well the, I, I think the thing with hospital is it's a little bit like a Sometimes if the place is nice and mm. every workplace has its issues, no Absolutely. workplace is perfect. Mm. But sometimes when a hospital job is nice enough, it literally is like its own little like family ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Of, you, know, you give some, you take some. Yeah, which is why then you look after you when you need yeah. to. You know, and that's why I'm trying to get a shift to connection. I keep missing the person I need to talk to. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah. But um, that's uh, that's that's another thing. Yes. But um, the other thing in regards to working sex work. Now, you said, if I can touch on this, you had a partner? Yes. Yes. So, you have a partner who knows you do sex work. Yes. Yes. And I think that was such... That, I think that was the most terrified I'd ever been to tell anyone I was a sex worker. Mm. Just because this person... I'd had relationships in the past with people when I was doing... When I, am, I still am, but with sex work and I just found 
I found it hard to be taken seriously sometimes. Right. I don't think in the negative way. I think just people would like assume I'm not a cheesy or romantic person or they would just, they knew it too early. So they didn't, that was just always part of who I was to them and, right. and not just like a job, mm. you know, whereas like, yeah, it's something I do, but that doesn't mean it's like, it's Jane the hooker. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Mm. So, but yeah, I've found a very healthy and happy relationship and I, I'm always a very open and honest person about it. And I, I always, I made sure I told this person before we started dating and everything. Right. And luckily they are very open-minded and I adore them a lot. So I was able to. Oh, cute. I know. Look at me. I literally, I was so depressed about and had accepted that I was never going to have this sort of love while working or Mm. even afterwards, potentially just because the way other people have seen me Mm. and the way people continue to see me and stuff. Like I always thought having a more conventional relationship wouldn't work. And like, I am pan, like it doesn't matter what gender I found. Mm. There was either going to be some hang up or they would treat it like an inclusivity points where they'd want to brag about it to their friends. Mm. And it's just, well, I'm very glad you've found someone. Yeah. I didn't expect it. (laughs) In regards to it, Mm. If you were talking to another sex worker yes. and you were maybe reaching out to a sex worker's partner, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to both of them? What would your advice would you give to a sex worker on looking for a partner? And what advice would you give to someone dating a sex worker? I mean, it's the same with every other relationship in the sense that it's just a lot of boundaries and communications. A lot of people like the way they perceive it and stuff because I'm not having like well I'm not hating it but I'm not having like some enjoyable time the whole time half the time I'm doing doggy just so I can like lip sync the songs I put on the background and just have fuck around like I'm not I'm not always there it's a wonderful image honestly it's great Mm. I'll be massaging someone but only with one hand so I can just be like doing my little vogue moves and Mm. stuff they can't tell the head's in a pillow Mm. I'm fucking around (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah sorry um no that's fine yeah basically you just want to know some people, they just prefer with their work, with their partner, they'll just have specific sets of outfits that they, of lingerie that they'll only wear at home and only wear at work. Mm-hmm. Or they'll like have things where they're not allowed to kiss clients, even for extras and stuff. They just, you know, other people are comfortable with different things. Mm. It depends on how both of you feel about it and how you emotionally feel about it. Cause some things can feel too far for you. And that might change once you're in the relationship. Some things might feel too sensual and too intimate Mm. in a vulnerable way. And, you know, you're always able to adapt and change how you are. But I wouldn't... I will never change my job for my partner. I'm very upfront about that at the very beginning. I'm in the sense, like, I'm happy to compromise if there's things. And I haven't had to, but that's something I'm open to. Mm. I will never just stop my entire career for the comfortability of someone else because that means to me it feels like that's them being disgusted by a part of who I am Mm. and if they already have this shame hooked onto me then there's no point in pursuing this relationship do you I mean that's very very valid obviously you don't Mm. anyone who's going to say to you and 
It's happened to me when I yeah, date someone. Yeah, like if they're ashamed like, of you already. Quit FIFO or I'm not going to keep dating you. And it's like, well, yeah. I can't because I've got these financial obligations yeah. to meet in a certain amount of time. Exactly. It's like my hands are tied and it's like, no. But do you think like, was there ever a conversation where you said to your partner like, this isn't going to be forever, but it is who I, what I'm doing for now and I need to know and you should know it because I'm going to keep doing it for this amount of time. Yeah. And if you're going to be involved for that amount of time, you deserve to know. Absolutely. You know, because I don't imagine it's something like, I don't think it's anything obviously you want to be ashamed of. No. But I certainly think it's one of those fields where it's like, it's a, it's a time cap, you know, yes. obviously you don't want to be doing it forever. Yes, absolutely. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, I know other people that have been doing it for a long time. Some people do want to do it forever and, you know good for them i just don't think it's feasible for me Mm. and i don't know when i'm gonna stop Mm. i it might be just something small i do occasionally every now and then if i do peter out of it it might be something that i hit a mental block and i just can't do anymore or you know i'm haven't really put a time cap on it but i was very open about that to my partner and i don't picture myself doing it forever because it can be quite physically and mentally draining in every sense Mm. Um, but yeah, I brought all of this up in the first time we had an actual conversation about it. Cause I'd every now and then just like kind of casually like hint vaguely at something about having this job. And then when I sat them down and stuff, we had the proper conversation and I'm, yeah, we just communicated what we felt about it. And I made sure to ask questions like, look, I'm not gonna lie and like be ashamed about it. If your family, like, or your friends find out or something I'm not gonna put myself down about that I'm open to just I'm happy to just not tell them but if they do find out or something or I'm happy to be a part of that conversation Mm. I'm just I'm not gonna lie at the same time well I no I I can totally see where you're coming from yeah it's like I'd keep it private like I'm not gonna go and tell them unless we're all comfortable look it's 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 like something that, you know, you, I remember someone, he was like, he said this to his partner. He was like, um, he told me what he said to his partner, guys, when they got together and things mm-hmm. like that, because we were talking this guy into coming to a box party <laughs> and, uh, he hadn't been dating this girl that long and she was worried what he might do on it. And he mm. was just like, listen, I'll never cheat on you and I'll never lie to you, but I do have my secrets. And it's okay. like, but. I'll never betray your... But what I keep, choose to keep secret, I keep those secret reasons because I have intimate relationships and agree, agreements with other people, but that does not mean... Don't think I use that to betray your trust. It's like mm-hmm. I have I have a agreement with other people who I have friendships and relationships yeah. with, you know. It's like because they're not your secrets. They, the exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. mine to tell and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, listen... Yeah. You know, getting getting my chest lit on fire at a box party is, uh, I don't regard that as, you know, cheating on you. Even if it was a stripper holding the lighter, all right? So, um, but yeah, it's it's funny how that, I, I can see the similarity in regards to it, which is like, I'll never lie to you, but I have my secrets. In regards to like telling people around them, it's like, listen, I'm not going to go around telling everyone what I do. Yeah. You're my partner. You deserve to know. But if it comes up, I'm not going to shy away from it either. You know? Yeah, I exactly. I won't deny it or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But 
really, what? how much risk is there in being discovered, do you think? A fair amount. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hmm. not about half of my immediate direct family knows, you know, like... Right. And what are their thoughts on it, if I can ask? Um, I think it was so funny. My dad found out because I was still living at home when I started doing it. Obviously, I was not doing it at home, but I just... <laughs> Jesus. No, yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. doing it at my house, but like my dad went in my room once because he was trying to, he thought I had like a secret stash of candy. He was like, you're still chubby. What are you doing? Mm. Um, and instead he found um, my secret bottom drawer with thousands of dollars of cash and my um, strap on. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't hard for him to connect the dots there of what oh. I might be using. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a scene out of like a, out of a police show. <laughs> She's like, it'd be like, we went to her bed, we went to the victim's drawer. There were thousands of dollars worth of cash. And like, instead of a gun, it's like, and a strap on. (laughs) What shady shit was she mixed up in? I mean, he's European. They're very open about things like that over there. I mean, he was like, look, obviously, you're my daughter. I'm not going to be thrilled about this, but you made a fuck ton of money and you're doing it safely and stuff and we like we've had conversations about it he checks up on it every now and then look obviously there are some things you never want your children doing it's part of the reason why i don't want to have children um because it's like yeah it's not something i would encourage other people to get into yeah but then it's the other sense it's like well we don't live in a perfect world so yes some people need to make their money other ways yeah you know and sometimes those ways are uh Unconventional. Yes. And yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is, uh, you know what's funny, like, in regards to that, to bring up a side note not related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. This was always funny. This was like a thing about the death penalty in America. Yes. Which I have mixed feelings about because I think there are some people who do certain things in society who it's not even a question of whether or not they can be redeemed, but if they're allowed back into normal society, mm. they can never be trusted to be behaved because of what they've done. Exactly. So, you know, some people we're better off without, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. Um, but the the issue is with it is the death penalty in America, almost impossible to get doctors to administer like the final injection uh, or the electric shock because they don't want it on their moral conscience it's yeah the hippocratic oath you mm-hmm. know they they can't uh they can't kill anyone um or, or harm anyone basically mm-hmm. um so they get a lot of these people who are not trained medical professionals mm-hmm. to administer these final yes. doses oh. and then a lot of the time this has happened oh. it's, it's, it's the pers- the percentage isn't like the majority, but it's happened a couple of times where like lethal injection, they've gone to push in the vein and like something like it's missed, it's, it's missed a vein and that it's meant to go in the vein. It's meant to travel in the heart, but now you've got this poison coursing through their fat tissue and Slowly. organs resulting in a much more painful death. I mean, slower death. Some, I could enjoy that being given to some people. I'm not going to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to argue that either. But, uh, um, but, yeah, absolutely not always the case, yeah. especially when, like, it's much less often now, but more in the past with the death penalty, it was just given to people who were not even guilty. They were just not white and things like that. Yeah, I mean, look, the... The, the the argument with any kind of racial oppression and, and gender oppression mm-hmm. is 
anyone out there who's, you know, white and straight, it's important to, I, I think the, and having a lot of friends who are involved in the LGBT community, having, you know, and a lot of people involved in the LGBTQ community performance and things like that. Absolutely. They're coloured too and things like that. Um, I look at it as it's important to point out to the straight white people is your experience is not the same as mm-hmm. these people. But then, and this relates to more things than just yes. uh, sexuality and race. This can actually be related to a whole host of things. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've noticed is that uh, I think it's fair to point out to the LGBTQ community and people of other colours, it's like, you know what, you probably still are definitely still facing uh, um, hate yes. uh, and prejudice. You're definitely still facing those. But do understand that progress is certainly never made overnight. Yeah, And absolutely. as well as that, you know, you now have lived in the most accepting time of all possible times to live, you know. Yeah. It's going to get better with time, but... It takes time. People don't change overnight, you know. I so yeah, I think- which is why I mentioned in the past it's been like that. Mm. And something we've seen more recently in the last few years is actually an increase in open trans violence and stuff like that in its own ways. While there's definitely been progress made, it's also got a lot more people being openly against it. Oh, look, it. it's a tale as old as time. Sometimes, 100%. sometimes societies take a couple of back steps um, as well as taking steps forward, you know? Yeah. No, there's, there's, I mean, it's why I think, and and, and I say this only as someone who is free of a lot of responsibility. I don't have a partner and I don't Mm. have children. And it's like, nor do I necessarily want those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, you know, people say only stick by the principle, only stick by, you have to, or reset um <laughs> stick by the principles which you're happy to stick by to mm-hmm. even when it's hard to stick by exactly, them, you know yeah. and so i think the one principle i try and stick by is the principle of freedom which is like provided you are not harming anyone else or you know alternating any young person's mind in mm. regards to an opinion oh, political or otherwise you can do what you want you know yeah. you can do what you want in regards to your gender your race so long as you're not harming anyone directly or indirectly yeah. you're Doesn't that is matter. your right yeah. but as well as that and this is where the double-edged sword of freedom comes in you have to take the criticism that, that comes with it you yeah. know and it's like look i fucking face criticism for half the shit i say on stage mm. you know so is it's because it you're not funny yes that's exactly <laughs> right yes yes i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> listen i've told you jokes okay and yeah. i recall you've laughed so I know you have. Yeah, I know. I just want to be a dick. I know. <laughs> what a wanker. Oh, oh, honestly. Hardly know her. I'm just so funny and I'm never going to die. <laughs> well, that's a that's a great outlook to have. I'm so funny and I'm never going to die. I haven't died yet. We have no proof that I'm not special and just can't die like every other person. No evidence. Where's mm. the source? Uh, when have I died? I'm fascinated by death. Yeah. There's part of me that can't wait to die. 
I mean, that was 15-year-old me. I'm a bit different. <laughs> no, it's not like I look... It's not like I'm rushing towards death. No, but it's, death. like, exciting to find out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know? No, I Beca- get that. Because yeah. there's two things to it. It's like there's an afterlife, which yeah. I don't necessarily think this is either a heaven or a hell because, mm. you know, I do believe in a higher power, but I also believe the higher power is a parent. Yes. Is a parent figure. And a parent, you know, forgives his children a lot of mistakes, but he also allows his children, a good parent allows their children to make mistakes. Yeah. That's the only way their children learn, right? 100%. Um, so, you know, I think that's, our, you know, higher power giving us the freedom to make our own fuck-ups, of mm. which we do a plenty. But I don't, I don't know if I believe in a hell. Maybe there is, but I don't know if I believe in it. But then if I'm wrong... If we're just the beings of flesh and matter, if we have no higher consciousness, mm. if there is no higher power, if it's just eternal sleep after this. That scares the shit out of me. That's what my, my parents hate religion my entire life. They've always grown up being like, oh, it's the root of all wars, which I mean, a fair amount of them, fair enough, but not every consistent one. There's a lot of political and capitalist people stuff will <laughs> people will find reasons to go to war 100%. and people have found reasons to go to war yeah much more times than just religion oh, exactly you know? i mean it was an easy excuse beforehand but I mean, yeah definitely definitely been other reasons yeah but, but yeah they were always very avid supporters of the mm-hmm. no you just stop thinking and you're done you're gone but that's that's just like sleeping forever I which know. i don't know about you but that sounds kind of nice i I love sleeping. I love sleeping. I hate the thought of not thinking. So hearing that when I was like in primary school was like, oh my fucking God. (laughs) Yeah, that might have been a bit young to break that out on you. They said it in a much more gentler way than that, Mm. but they were very open about that. Yes, when you die, you're just... Gone. Yeah. Yeah, there's just nothing. I mean, they were just like, they're very big supporters of the Mm. Believe the Science and all that, but also listen to the wrong articles half the time. (laughs) I've I've, um, yet to meet a scientist uh, who has died and uh, can report back on what he's seen in the afterlife. So, you know, I'm just curious to... I'm curious to see what there is. Yeah. Maybe I'll burn in hell. Lord knows there's some reasons to put me there. Mm. But um, I don't think I'll go down too deep. Yeah. I feel like you want to go deeper because the... Higher up in the hell levels you are, the heat rises. So I feel like it'd be worse at level one and deeper you go. Well, they say that the the um, the deeper circle of hell, which is reserved for traitors, mm. um, according to Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. um, the Divine Comedy. Of course. Is they say that's freezing. The, yeah. the circle where Satan is kept and resides yeah. is freezing, which mm. is interesting, mm. isn't it? When hell freezes so over. Mm. I've always found that interesting. If you had to be trapped in a circle of hell, what one would you want to be? I honestly don't know what, sh- what each level is. Well, I know because it's all the reflection of the seven deadly sins. Okay. So there's uh, lust. There's... Which I feel like is what people would expect me to be on. but There's gluttony. Mm. There's pride. There's anger. Um... There's uh, mm, there's there's wrath. a few other ones too. Wrath. Did we say pride? Yes, we yes. did. Um, there's and then there's like betrayal, envy, envy. Yes, hunger. envy and and betrayal. Like, which I don't know what that comes under. Like, it's not it's not necessarily a sin, but there's a circle there of hell. There are that's, seven, and it's not that one. One yeah. missing one. But that circle is yeah. reserved for traitors. <laughs> I think it's like 
deceitfulness or, or, or I honestly forgot which one all right go said. to the phones go no, to okay. the phones yeah no, my my partner's made me watch my first anime recently and there's seven characters that are all based on different ones so if I don't get this I'm gonna feel like a dick um there's pride there's wrath there's sloth there's lust there's gluttony there's envy <sighs> fuck we're gonna google this I don't yeah we need to Google this. We need yeah. to know. Not that I... We, we have to Google... Just go... Because it's going to kill me otherwise. Mm. <laughs> seven deadly sins. Okay. I watched like go. half of the movie Seven, but it was I was way too young. Okay. The it was seven, just on TV at the, the time. Seven deadly sins. The worst sin I've done was your mom. Got him. Oh, you just had to. You Legally. just had to. There was a sniper rifle at my throat, I had to say. <laughs> I... Okay, <laughs> here we go. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth. Greed. I said sloth. I Did forgot you? greed. Ah, uh, right. I think I was getting greed and gluttony under the same thing, but I can uh, see how they're different. Yes. Sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Yeah, the one I forgot was mm. greed. Hmm. So which one would you want to be stashed in? Which, which hell would you want to be stashed in? I think the one I'd... Well, I guess your punishment in hell would be you're getting the opposite of yes. that, right? Yes. Which one? I think I could deal with the opposite of pride. Because hmm. I already have no dignity half the time. Hmm. I just... Not in like the, oh, I'm so... There's so many shameful things I do. I yeah. just... I like making silly jokes and doing like, and I don't really care what people think of me. I don't need my pride. Is there a funny thought? I, this just came to my head. Is mm-hmm. there a funny thought? Because people are, I think people in the bedroom desire mainly what they don't have in real life. Yeah. So like, I think a lot of people who have to be in control have mm. to be very dominant, 100%. have to be very assertive in their day to day life want to fucking let that go in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got someone who's this real prideful macho man, yeah. a bit too prideful in his regular yeah. life, uh, goes to hell uh, for, yeah. you know, having pride. But secretly in, the, yeah, secretly in the bedroom, he enjoys oh, being yeah. humiliated. And then the devil's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, where do I put you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I yeah, put you? No, exactly. They're my favorite clients. So much more fun. <laughs> There is nothing like a businessman with like a full six pack getting out of all of that and just being like, mm, which wig do you want to wear today? Oh, <laughs> never, never, never. Yeah, I won't say what I got into, but that's that's one kink I, I never got into myself. I love it, but every now and then. Not for me. It just makes me be like, are you, are you sure you don't want to try different pronouns? Are you sure this is just a bedroom thing? Yeah. Just depending how much they get into it. Yeah, I just no, no knocking what anyone does behind. Closed doors, mm. uh, most of the time. But is that one not for me? It's very much a power imbalance thing. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Oh, goodness gracious me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I know. I've, there's so many things I'm on phase by now, kink-wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, that's, lest we judge, you know. Mm, exactly. What, um, um, what would you... What would your desire to anyone uh, looking out to book a sex worker and see a sex worker, what would your advice be to them as a client to optimise what they get out of it? Read the ads. 
Mm-hmm. Read the fucking ad before you send the message. Right. I mean, you have to. The phone number's at the bottom of the blurb. Like, it is very easy to see what each worker provides, mm. what they don't provide, and their rates and how long you can do it. It's almost always, always on their ads. Mm. And yet, if I'm getting a message that just says, hey, or you free right now, mm. and then you ask me every single question that's in that, I'm immediately probably not going to see you. Mm. Like, unless I'm very not busy that day and you genuinely seem just clueless, I'm not going to see you. Be very forward with what you want because we aren't mind readers at the end of the day. And if you, like, only vaguely mention three things you want me to do, dominant, and then you leave and then text me bitching, like, hours later being like, you didn't hit me hard enough. When I've asked you multiple times, I've told you your safe word. <laughs> and I've been like, hey, do you want me to go harder and stuff? And they're like, no, it's fine. And then they'll, like, try to buy a bad review because I didn't do what they wanted. You have to – we're not mind readers. Mm. Just tell us what you want. Be respectful when you say it. Like, don't write your full fantasy script out to us. Just be like, hey, here are the things I'm interested in. I'd like to book you for this amount of time. What days are you available? Mm. That's perfect. Like, that's all we need to know. Like, I don't need to – have something too lengthy or something too vague. Just, you know, Can give us the common ground. Put a pause on how funny that that, that sentence right? is around, <laughs> which is like, she didn't punch me hard enough. I'm I leaving a bad review. Literally, he was just like, you didn't squeeze the balls. And I'm like, well, you didn't tell me. Oh, you my God. That. I'm like, so specific that you could have told me and I would have done it. <laughs> Yeah. I would have given your balls the best squeeze in that. I know. I was like, I was busy paddling your ass. You oh. got to tell me if you want to turn around, babe. Oh my! It's not hard. It's just communication. That has got to be one of the <laughs> funniest things I've ever heard. It's so she frustrating. She didn't hit me hard enough. I know. It's like with the- first off, the yeah. balls that anyone has, like yeah. the audacity to leave that review on a sex worker yeah. page. It's because the the question is then. Well, how hard was she hitting you already? Yeah. Maybe she's a tiny little thing and you're a big fucker and she's mm. not capable of hitting you any harder. That's the image I get in my yeah. mind, which is just like, yeah. or like you get someone like who's just like inured himself to all pain. Mm. And it's like, nah, dude, maybe oh, you should try and have. go. Yeah. Usually the older men, like the, as in like the really old ones. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's like, dude, maybe you should go back and try to have just some regular sex. <laughs> And just like realize that what you'll do, what you do is, although not necessarily need to be ashamed of it, yeah, it's not normal. You yeah. know, it's like it's called kink for a reason. Right? Tolerance break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like oh my god, not punching hard enough. I know. It was just like it's not hard to communicate this in a session. You can even just say it in a sexy way. You don't have to turn like be like time out. Let's discuss and review. You can just be like, oh yeah, harder. That's all I need to know. Mm. That is all you're going to tell me. <sighs> yeah. Men great. and women. Not as often. Does happen though? Occasionally. Mm. Quite often, like, older couples together. I older think. couples together. It's lovely. I mean, not like old, old, but like, I'm young, so they're old to me. Right. Like mid. Right. Middle-aged couples. Right, okay. So 40s, 50s. Yeah. Maybe even lovely. a few 30s. Yeah. Not as often, but has happened. Mm. I think, I think, uh, like, to be honest with you, though, like, the thought of a threesome kind of, like, people, guys always say, like, oh, I'd love to have a threesome. Every time I think about a threesome, it's just kind of, like, to me, 
No, I'd just be too self-conscious of giving yeah. one of them too much attention. You yeah. Know, because I wouldn't yeah. want to leave the other one. Like, in certain scenarios, not all scenarios, but in certain scenarios, I can be a real fucking people pleaser. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I used to be. Yeah. Like, I think that's something sex work really helped me with, was having my own boundaries and feeling more powerful and knowing what I how to have my own control mm. and not just be worried all the time. I have had uh, money offered to me for sex one time, mm-hmm. which I uh, did not take. I, I turned down yeah. only because I'd just gotten into a relationship. Yeah. Otherwise, I might have said yes. Fair enough. Mm. Damn. Yeah. I, had a, I had a question on TikTok recently mm-hmm. saying, why do men cheat? And I responded with like, I don't know, I never have, I but never I have. do wish I take. I did sometimes wish I take that opportunity. In hindsight, it's like, damn it, I only knew how that relationship was going to end. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've. I mean, I've never cheated. I mean, some people think something that's bad with sex work is that quite often you're helping someone cheat, but mm. that's not on you because one, they were going to see your hooker regardless. It doesn't matter if it's you; they were going to cheat. And it's not even the large majority of my clients that are married, but people seem to be under the impression that it's all secretly married men. Uh, I can see that, but I think that's also probably an old-fashioned sense of the job. Exactly. These days. Yeah. You know, like... I was like, I'm not wrecking the home. They're already doing it themselves. Yeah. Definitely not the first one they've seen, and they're going to see more after me. Like, that's not on me. you uh, honestly sometimes i do wonder like though Mm. i i feel like now this is weird to talk about Mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell any family members that listen to my podcast so i'm gonna say to them please don't listen to this episode (laughs) um but uh this is not a family friendly episode but i say fuck sorry does that mean i can swear you can I mean, I've been doing it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, so have I. But um, I look at my parents and, like, they are still married, but they live separately because dad wants to be closer to his grandkids. So he lives up in Perth now and mum lives out in the country so she can be closer to, like, the work that she's enjoyed most of her life. So that's how that works. But they're still very much married. Few fucking, you know, bumpy roads in the marriage, but they still love each other and they're still there for each other. You know, it's kind of cute. But I don't think my dad has had sex since he conceived me. Yeah. Like, I've, he probably, like, I, I, something, I, some, like, I think he he heard, like, oh, uh, Richard, we're going to have our sixth child. And he oh was God. like, yeah, my dick's never getting hard again. Like, I'm just yeah. never having another child. And he was just like, no, no, no. Six, six children has just taken the horniness out of me. Yeah. And that was, like, when he was 40. So, like, it just seems mm. like... You've not had any sex for like twenty years. It's like I don't. I mean, wanking's not that bad. Yeah, but <laughs> it's definitely different. It's definitely different, but fuck, I don't even know if he's done that. It's just maybe that's just uh, the way a child looks at their parents. It's like they're not capable of having sex. Yeah. Past conceiving me, it's like the time they conceived me was the last time they had sex. Yeah. You know, and it's like and mate, the first time. <laughs> and, yeah. No, they had five. No, yeah. no, no. Parents have done it at least six times, okay? <laughs> and if you see me and my dad side by side, there's no questioning about it. It's like, oh, yeah, they're father and son, you know? It's like a back to the future. You are your dad, but younger. Yeah, pretty, pretty Stunning. Much. Yeah, yeah. Damn. 
I hope I don't go too much into what he's grown into. Not that he's a terrible looking person, but I wouldn't. He's also lived like just a life of FIFO and drinking. Yeah, yeah. no, that'll. My dad is an identical twin, mm. and his identical twin still lives in Europe his whole life and has worked like cushy jobs, whereas my dad's lived here and become a tradesperson. Mm. My dad looks like his identical twin, but at like five, ten years older, just because yeah. he's been outside in the Australian sun and not sitting inside European offices his whole life. That Australian sun. That bloody fucking Australian sun. Yeah, cunt. we just age differently down here. We do. <laughs> it's incredible. Mm. I heard someone say about Australian girls, though, it's like, Australian girls have obnoxiously big titties. And I was like... It's not always accurate, but it's appreciated. <laughs> no. Look, I'm, I've never seen a pair of tits I didn't like. Mm. You know? Uh, let's put that out there. 100%. Yeah, big titties and small titties. I'm a thigh person myself. I love a bit of thigh. I love a good thigh. Yeah. doesn't matter what gender. I mm. love a good thigh. I love a thigh. Yeah. I think the one thing... Like, I can see, honestly, the... The beauty in most things, like I've dated petite girls, I've dated thicker girls. I found, mm. to me, it's like it's not the sum of the parts; it's how it comes together. Do oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing I can't get around though is two things. I, I, I just, for me, I see it, and it's like, no, nah, I just, I just can't do it. Mm. Is hairy bum holes? <laughs> just that. I don't mind hairy vaginas. I was like. I, you're, you're quite hairy. Do you do you wax yours then or anything? No, well, I don't want anyone eating my arsehole. Like, <laughs> like, the thought... And that's not even, like, something, like, I don't enjoy it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to subject anyone to my eating yeah. my arsehole. No, that's, like... No, I wouldn't want them to do that. Mm. So, hairy assholes and really uh, dirty teeth. Mm, okay, the that's, teeth one I get. The, yeah. the, the, the teeth one, and it's like... I'm sorry, I wish I could get behind a, a hairy asshole, but for me, it's just like, I can't stop thinking about dingleberries <laughs> if I see a hairy asshole, and it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just, <laughs> I can't do it, you know, it's like, and it's, yeah, I just, I can't, like in terms of eating. Yeah. Like I just, I can't put my mouth on a hairy asshole. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fair, like. Mm. I think just when in general you look at it and you're like, I no longer am romantically interested in you. No, you no, could no, just no, no, not no, no, eat no, no. the ass. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, there's ways to fix it. No, okay, mm. fair. That's within the context I understand. Mm. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh, buddy, have you looked at you? Yeah, no. <laughs> you I, have hair. <laughs> I'm a hairy dude. Yeah. Okay. You know, and yeah, in a good way, but you do have hair. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Uh, you know, but yeah, not. Oh, I'm just getting Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, yeah, it's men that have hairy asses and the men that have the toxic masculinity where they think it's, like, gay to wipe and stuff like that. They think it's gay to wipe? Well, like, wipe their ass, like, because they don't want to touch it and stuff. Is that... That doesn't... That's not real. I've only met a couple men who've ever said something like that. That's more like... Like, I've seen it more online than in real life. So I don't know if that's, like, an American thing or something. I don't know where it comes from, but there's definitely people that feel that way. Like, they don't want to wash their ass in the shower and stuff because they think they don't want to touch their ass and stuff. But I forget, like, just being under the hot water and right? you forget to wash certain areas. Yeah, but actively but not actively washing not, your ass. That's... It's like, have you ever had, like, a big, like, the night after you've drank a bit too much, yeah. like, Guinness or, like, uh, you know, you've had maybe a bit too much Mexican mm. or Indian... 
And you more or less need to finger your asshole to get all the shit out of it. Yeah. You know? It's like, no, it's a dirty place. You've got to keep it clean. Oh, 100%. You know? Oh, 100%. I've, yeah. I, sorry, it just reminded me because my flashback is um, an old man I was spanking. And the first, first time I spanked him, his, like, ass rippled apart. And I, like, I saw it and the smell filled the room immediately. And I was like, get back in the fucking shower. <laughs> yeah. It was, he was old. It was this old oh. He was an old bikey dude. It was camp. He came in with, like, his leather jacket and stuff and was like, dominate me. Um, really old dude. And I literally just, I'd already made him do the health check in the front. I'd sent him in the shower. And then I was like... Get back in. Get, mm. I'm not touching you again until you watch your ass. Like, it was insane. That is... That brings more prevalence to that song, I'll be damned. Yeah. I'll be damned if I listen to the opinion of a man with, with an, an unwashed, unwashed ass. ass. That like, literally. is... I did not think, like, how yeah. many men are there walking around with unwashed asses? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just... When I do health checks, you know, I get there dirty dicks is more understandable yes um to me. that i you know i check and be like look there's clearly some build up of smegma there make sure you wash that out deeply because mm. i do the check to make sure it doesn't look like there's any visible stis because even if we're wearing like condoms and stuff i still don't want to risk that yeah but yeah if it looks very obvious i'll be like i'll be like i'll mention hey just while you're in there make sure you focus a lot on that as well but what's yeah. the can I ask, and yeah. don't need to answer this. Yeah, it's all good. Um, like, obviously, sex in my mind is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, has there ever been, like, a period where, like, you've enjoy- really enjoyed a session with a client? I mean, I have had enjoyable experiences, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just some days feel more monotonous and it might just feel like the job. But then other times, if they click well and you're, like able to find common ground and have fun. Even if they're not someone you're physically attracted to, you can still have a very enjoyable time doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the other question is, it's like, can I ask what the biggest horror story is being for a client? I mean, I try to think of ones that aren't just actually traumatic. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me just quickly. Yeah. Horror story sound. Alrighty. I think one of my... Well, what, this one was just an inquiry. I did not see this man, but he, this, it feels like a genuine horror story because he thought I would lobotomize him. He thought if he gave me enough money, I would genuinely give him an actual lobotomy. A lobotomy is like where you drill into the brain yeah. and put acid on their brain, isn't it? I, he, his theory was... It's because he was so burdened by being a gifted student in high school. Oh, no. And he's just so cursed by the weight of how smart he is. Now he's, like, finished university. And he wanted me to, yeah, make an incision in the front of his head. And he thought I could just suck that specific part of the brain out with a vacuum. Oh, right. That is... So, you know, I said no. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, because yeah. I, um, well, one, lobotomies aren't even legal by actual surgeons anymore in Australia, but also, like, I would kill him. <laughs> yeah. I have no skills. I have no training. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's wow. a bit harder than just drill and suck. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, and he wanted to be part of a dominatrix thing. Like, he wanted me to be, like, talking dirty and wearing stuff at the same time. I'm like, I can't do that. Come on, man. <laughs> well, just when I think I've heard everything, there's something. Yeah. yeah. I oh, I tell you what, I have a I have a friend who's a um 
You know, I'm not going to call them a friend because they've actually been a bit of a cunt lately. They'll never listen to this podcast. Uh, and if they wonder what, and if they ask, like, why'd you call me a cunt? It's like, because you've been a cunt lately. <laughs> she, uh, she was like, uh, she was telling me a story about her involvement. And this isn't her experience, but she was telling us about how these, this sex worker couple mm. got paid a huge sum of money mm-hmm. plus travel expenses. Yeah. To fly to Sydney, be put up in a hotel, and basically she pissed and shit in this guy's mouth. And the the adult, the, the dude mm. in the couple, shat into a condom, froze it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Took the condom out and then fucked the ass of the guy who was... And I, I was just have like... I heard of people doing stuff like that. That just blew my mind. I, it's like... Yeah. I thought yeah. I was open-minded, but yes. then I was just thinking, it's like, no, there's... King shaming is like... I have done water sports and brown shower stuff. Um. <laughs> Getting... Pissing on someone's face is one thing. Like, fucking the, their ass with the, the shit, shit. Is... I have not done that. No. No. That, <sighs> I... Haven't been requested to do that, thankfully, yeah. but I also... There's some things that pop up to. that make you realise, I'm not as open-minded as I thought I was. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's also just the um, technicalities of doing yeah. it. Like, my, my freezer's packed. I'm not going <laughs> to contaminate myself, the stuff I actually enjoy eating by having my feces in there and stuff. Yeah, fair call. Um, and also, I just, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm like, mm, icky. Yeah, I know. Absolutely fair enough. I mean, no judgment to them. Good on them, but I... Oh, hats off to the sex workers for, like, being able to do it. Like... Yeah, I mean, I mean, for the right price, and if you're comfortable with it, fucking good on yous. (sighs) I'm just... I mean, look, I'm... I've got a sensitive stomach sometimes. Yeah, I suppose if I was getting paid $10,000 plus, there's a lot of things I'd be willing to do. Yeah. Mm, When you think about it. 100%. If you're getting paid $10,000 for 12 hours worth of work, or even less. Uh, I was like 12 hours. That's a long time. Yeah, but the, the scenario they painted out it was it was like it was not a physical am- amount of effort for them. Yes. I was saying like it was, it does sound like it would be a, a mentally draining yes, thing. Yes, that's what I mean. It's more yeah. mentally because you wouldn't be doing it the entire time. Like, no. People book overnighters and that's usually about three grand. Jesus. But that's, again, that's not everyone. That's just what a lot of clients expect to pay if they're doing that. Mm. And then people that aren't in the business of hiring hookers quite often will be like astounded that they'll be like, yeah, but I'm paying for the hotel. So you should come and spend the entire night with me for the price of two hours. And it's like, well, this is quite a lot more than two hours. You're like, yeah, but we're only having sex for two hours. I'm like, well, I still have to stand here and talk to you instead of hanging out with my friends for all these Mm. hours. Yeah. Right. What is, what is, so to, to finish on, because we're coming mm. up to an hour and a half, oh. <laughs> um, it's amazing how quick the time Yeah, I was like, I can on. see the sun has set. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, to sum up on one last note, what is something you would like to see change in the sex worker world? I think, I think there should be a way, I think decriminalizing sex work in more ways will mean there would be a way to have more regulations in brothels. And I think brothel workers get treated a lot worse than independent by the people around them quite often. And I think there should be a way to somehow unionize or something similar. You know, there needs to be an actual rights to the people working in these environments. Look, they have a policeman's union. They That is, yes. And that's a tax-funded fucking yes. job. 
It's like but if they're most allowed, the girls aren't going to risk that because that means they might get blacklisted from every single brothel. Yeah, but the like the le- the 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 legalized the the thing about unions is you don't have to like at least in the trade community mm-hmm. was you don't have to disclose whether or not you're in a union. Yeah. You know, yes, and that's but if and that's why around that you've snitched to the union on your boss, then you won't be able to work for other brothels because that'll go around. Well, maybe that's the case. I, I can see that, but like, I think even with un, even with tradesmen. First off, I think all tradesmen should be in a union, and it's oh, yeah. not because it's not because the union's perfect. The union does a lot of fucked up things. Yeah, like they protect some of the wrong people. They Always. push for some of the wrong agendas. But you know what? We are better off with the representation, in my mind. Yeah. Um. Because at least that's something that you can rely on. Hmm. In that sense. Yeah, I just... I want there to be... There is some help and some outreach and some progress for workers in those environments, but I was treated a lot better than them, other work girls working in that brothel, because the receptionists and the madams knew I was independent before and I could easily go back to it. Hmm. So they would always suck up to me and then they treated the people that I met there that are still, like, some of my best friends today. Like, I love the people I met there, but I just... I prefer independent, but I saw how they would treat those people like they were second to me and the owners. Mm. And it was just so shit. Well, yeah, I mean, that comes back to my point. If the poli- if police officers are allowed to unionise and they're a, they're a taxpayer-funded yeah. job, it's like surely a private citizen job should be allowed to be unionised. We unionise yes. everything else. Exactly. Yeah, you know? I just... It's like if you're paying tax on it, you should be allowed to unionise it. 100%. You know? But I suppose, you know, there always has to be someone, there always has to be a number of people willing to take that first step. Exactly. And that's just one that I can't imagine going well for a lot of people right now, but I think it's something that needs to become physically possible, but I don't know how we would go around that yet. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think, what should we name this podcast? Come shit, piss and fuck. No, don't do that one. <laughs> I don't think that would go down well. No. Um, um, I was thinking, like, you know, interview with a vampire? Oh, yeah. Mm. Interview with a sex worker, but that sounds too much like a cheesy Vice article. Mm. What should we call it? What should we call it? I'm trying to think of a word that means, like, conversation that rhymes with prosy, just because I think that'd be funny, but also it would not look good mm. for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Let's let, <laughs> let's just call it um, tales of unwashed assholes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Escort encounters. Escort encounters. <laughs> I like that one. And ladies and gentlemen, professional degenerates. Signing off. <laughs>